Hello and welcome back to Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal Clear is my affirmation. Hello and welcome back. This is a special episode because we have a special guest today. Now I'm gonna let you know up front that the original introduction for this show has been scrapped okay I scrapped it I could not deal okay BJ sorry I could not deal all right I threw it out so this is me trying to give you the introduction you deserve okay so first of all guys yes you heard me right I have there go BJ on my show y'all know him as BJ he is everything okay let me explain this to you This is a creative gem, okay? He is a creative gem. He, you know, may have set on the conversations he wanted to have for a little while, but somebody set him on fire and he's not to be stopped, okay? Listen, he is serious business. He, when he speaks, you need to be listening, all right? You need to be sitting there full attention, okay? Because he has something to say. And I really appreciate this from the male community. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not dissing y'all or anything like that. I am just very impressed with the conversation that this man is willing to have with women and men, okay? He has a calling and he's answering it, okay? And so I take that very seriously. So I could not just give him any type of intro. I could not just enter into the conversation like it was absolutely nothing. Okay, let's just talk about a few of the things he has going on. And when I say a few, I'm just saying a few because I only can give you a few. Right. Of course, you met him originally from Penrose versus anybody. And then uh, he later came out with another podcast and it's called Change the Subject Podcast, which is a great podcast. I love the name of the show because he's literally changing the subject, how we approach the subject, what we think about the subject and how we're going to walk away thinking about the subject when we done talking about it with him. Okay. He's changing it completely. All right. And then a subsidiary of change the subject there is teach me how to love you better. And that's a series that he had for women, for women to get on his show and speak their mind and men listen, listen, he's going to talk about all of these things, but I just wanted to give him an introduction. And then also he has the gold mine multimedia network. Listen, when I tell you he's a creative gem, I'm not being nice. I'm just giving you the facts. Okay. He is really serious business. Okay. Really, really, really. I'm just laughing at myself right now. But he's the truth. He really is. And I appreciate what he does. Um, I respect him for the conversations he's willing to have. I'm I'm happy to witness the example he's being to other men. You know, he's letting men know it's okay to have these very intimate conversations about how you feel and why you feel and how you expect to be treated and, and things of that nature. Like, I... I can't say enough. All I can tell you is I'm thankful he's willing to come on my show. I understand he uh, appreciates me and what I do. Uh, He left one of the first comments on uh, Apple uh, when he was rating and reviewing that made me feel felt. You understand? Like I actually felt like he understood the entirety of what I was doing on my show. And so um, I really appreciate him. And I don't think I can say that enough, but I had to give him a better intro. So guys, I hope you got, I hope you're ready for this amazing, incredible 
conversation that we're about to have. Like once we get into the conversation, I, I, I'm blown away. I am blown away. Like the audio on Skype acted right. Everything fell into place. Of course, the audio is going to be a little bit different because it's a different recording and I'm using a different device. But I'm going to, you know, try to smooth it in as much as I can. But guys, guys, it's an awesome conversation. It's a long conversation. It's a longer conversation than I would usually have. But it's worth the listen. Do not cheat yourself today. You know, while you got this extra time, while you're sheltering in place. Listen, do yourself a favor. Get comfortable and listen up. Thank you. what you do you did make me you know look at what I do and determine you know if this is something that you claim to be serious about how do you how do you show your progression how do you do it It definitely put me in that realm so I have to let you know that I'm very proud of you and you know while you think highly of me I think highly of you I really really appreciate that because it's hard to um for me personally, I always want to like give credit to the people who inspire and motivate me at times when I'm struggling to find a a creative way to express some of these jumbled feelings that I have. And a lot of times um, when I listen to you and I listen to Stephanie, I listen to uh, Christian from Dem Chakras, I listen to quite a few women that um have a a great perspective and a lot of insight to just the the common senses and common emotions that we all have Mm -hmm. and um you've always just made things so plain like um i think the the way in which you explain the most common things and relate them to your experiences have always been like a form of clarity for me you know so I definitely take those things to heart and apply them to what I do. And most of the times the, the the pressure that I feel whenever I do record in any mm-hmm. way, shape or form, I think about like, would the people I look up to listen to this? Like, this is right. how I put myself in that, you know, that credible space of not wasting listeners time and attention um, with just any old run-of-the-mill conversation. So I always apply that pressure to myself of would the people I look up to take an hour of their day to listen to this? And um, that's what makes me so meticulous about the things that I talk about too because there are many shows that people haven't heard that to the person that may have featured on it, 
it was like exceptional, phenomenal, but it's certain mm-hmm. things about those conversations that I felt like were missing or I didn't expound on the point enough. So I have tons of stuff that never will probably see the light of day because I try to um, keep up with the standard that I feel like we set as a podcast community. So um, you have that influence on a lot of what I do and it, it helps me to stay sharp. It helps me to um, tackle the things that most men are not even comfortable with talking about because I feel like you ladies do that all the time, you know? So that's, that's where my influence and inspiration typically comes from. And that's another reason why I, you know, appreciate what you do because you can, you know, see what the women that you appreciate in the podcast game, you can see what they do and how they do it. And you figured out how to do it from a male perspective. And you're doing that very well, extremely well. And, you know, I feel like it takes a very intelligent person. It takes a very aware person. It takes a very just, you know, what what I like to I like to call you something, um, a thoughtful person in a way. Like you're mm. you're very thoughtful, <laughs> but you're very thoughtful in everything that you do. In, in that in that place, like you know how to hear what I'm saying and put it into work, and you're doing it for you know more, more than what I might may have displayed in my conversation. You're doing it, you know, so it can also open up and be clear to a guy, you know. And I feel like right, if men right. were paying attention, if men were paying attention to women, it would look like that across the board, you know. When it comes to yeah, you know trying yeah. to understand each other. Because, you know, I'm not to say that women don't get men because we definitely do, but we might not put the words to use that a man would. So yeah. it takes somebody like you. Like, I, w- I would say, listen to my show. They're going to listen to uh, Dare Go BJ's show. And then you might understand what I said if you don't understand me as a man. You know, I would say, go. he's translating for you. Go listen to him. <laughs> he said what I said. He put it in a way where you might understand it. You know, because that's just how it is. Like men might not, you know, express themselves the way that I do. And some men do. And I appreciate them that do. But I know there's plenty who don't. But today, today we are here. And I remember this moment in our conversation that we had on Teach Me How to Love You Better, where um, it was just something in that conversation where you had brought up being sheltered. And yes, yes. And and. For whatever reason, you saying that exposed like the sheltering thing that you do to, you know, your loved ones that maybe you are closest to you. And so you are somebody I would totally, you know, have a conversation with um, on Crystal Clear. It's just that, you know, sometimes if I don't catch myself having, the, you know, the conversation within myself about who I'm going to have a show with and what we would talk about, if I don't stop myself in that moment, it'll pass. You know, and, and so right. when you like when you had posted like you're not you're like you're pretty much not doing much right now. So if y'all want me on your show, ask me. I had already told myself I needed to get the conversation together. So it was playing in the background. All right. I need to get BJ on this year. Um, mm-hmm. And you asked that question. And I'm like, it's there. And that's why I said what I said to you. I was like, it's there. I just got to give it time. <laughs> Like, right, the conversation right. is there. I just have to let it develop. 
And I tried to explain that the best way I could, but that's what had to happen. And so I was uh, working from home one day and shelter in place, shelter in place. And I'm like, there it is. That's what it is. And so the name of this episode is called Sheltered in Place. Now, of course, everyone knows what's currently the state of our world, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, everyone is, you know, sheltering in place, staying home, staying as safe as they can be for, you know, reasons of, you know, health and, you know, not getting sick because we know it's really going crazy in a lot of places. So we are taking that very seriously. But if you, you know, go deeper than just being stuck in your house and, and you know, look at how we are stuck in like places in our life and just, just look at how life is kind of showing us like you don't have a choice right now but to see where you're stuck you have no choice but to inspect what's going on with you like this is the moment right now to if there's anything for you to do this is the time for you to figure it out yeah and i think i think if we are not using this time right now as it being bigger than just being stuck in the house like you're missing it you're missing it and I don't know how to get your attention or shake you awake for you not to, but you're missing it. So I want to talk about sheltering or being sheltered in place. Sheltered in place is the name of this episode. So okay. our okay. first question, <laughs> our first question, and I'm I'm kind of ashamed that my show isn't isn't as exciting as yours with the games and stuff, but you know, <laughs> we'll work on that. that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> but uh, my first question to you is what, what do you believe you were sheltered from in your life? Um, reality, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always the kid who had a a certain level of mischief and a certain level of um, enticing that I couldn't tame. Like, and that was probably because I wasn't allowed to be a full-fledged kid. Like, um, we, we tend to believe that, well, not speaking for, for me, but, but like in the sense of most parents, we tend to believe that, um, our awareness to a lot of the experiences that are happening in the world, we tend to believe that we can protect our children from certain things happening by literally um, caging them in the home and keeping them from um, certain exposure and experience. And the most that I can say about being a sheltered child was it made me very rebellious um, and even as an adult, I don't take no for an answer for anything that I want or that I want to do. And part of that is because I was literally watching opportunities just pass me by. Um, I couldn't I couldn't be in the school band at one time because I had to walk home from school by myself. And my mother just wasn't comfortable with that due to the neighborhood that we stayed in um so like opportunities that will probably um help me as an adult who is still very much interested in music and production i probably would be a lot more um in tune to what i'm trying to do now had i been able to nurture those things as a young man 
So right. um, all it really did was um, make me rebel. It made me angry. It made me a little frustrated. Um, and then it also gave me a sense of imagination, too, because that's all I had to keep me company in that sheltered place. So I had to, like, use my imagination so much to where I found myself talking to myself. I found myself um, rehearsing certain instances that I knew I was going to put myself in. I was going to be ready when these opportunities came. Like, I would literally rehearse meeting you know, people of status and all of these different um, scenarios that will play in my mind because I knew at some point I was going to have to fight my way out of this position. And it ultimately changed me and my mother's relationship at one time to where we didn't like each other much. You know, um, mm -hmm. I was just not hearing nothing she was saying. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I tried to you know, pull the, I'm going to go stay with my daddy. I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> that shit didn't work at all. <laughs> right. Because, of course, my she dad. Had, take over there. Yeah, my dad was definitely the more lenient parent. But, you know, mm -hmm. he had kids. So it went from being the only child to your mother and kind of being privileged in that way to going to move in with your father where it's already for the kids that's been already staying there and you kind of right. integrating and possibly having to add to the financial you know responsibilities that were already tapped before you came so uh -huh. it wasn't no it wasn't no school clothes like it was when you were staying with your mama or it wasn't you know having enough to get a second helping of dinner when you were staying with your mama because there's more mouths to feed over here, you know? So it wasn't long before I had to like, kind of like tell my mom, look, I want to come back, but it still never fixed our relationship because she was still very much the same person. So right. the attitude that I would take, even in this situation is we got to still fight our way you know, out of mm -hmm. the mental bondage that we probably are suffering for more so than being contained in our homes because right. um, there's so much to pay attention to right now mm -hmm. because the idea, mm -hmm. the idea that um, has been, that, that has been pushed in a sense is stay home. And mm -hmm. you hear like home, stay inside, stay inside. And I'm the analytical person. Home was the internal, the center. Like figure mm -hmm. out what figure out what those things are and what needs to be fixed, what needs to be repaired. Relationships that mm -hmm. deserve more communication, more attention. Um stay inside, work on mm -hmm. your your immune system. You know, you're not just fighting off, you know, the I guess the anxieties of being back outside or back into the atmosphere, you're also fighting off energies and diseases, mm -hmm. all of these things. So oh, stay inside, focus on your immune system, get your health back to where it needs to be. It's, it's so many parallels to inside that we're not opening our minds to when we hear it. It's not just talking about the outdoors versus um the the habitat it's actually talking mm -hmm. about the body you know and that's been right it. right that's 
been the focus for me. It's just working on the body, you know, making sure that the mind right. is being fed, the spirit is, you know, is healthy. Um, exercising faith over fear because all we are hearing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the negativity of this pandemic. We're not hearing the positives because if they told you what the positives were, you're going to be disobedient to the order of staying inside. They're not going to tell you right. that more people are alive and well than they are, you know, the ones that just so happen to transition um, and not, you know, be able to experience days going forward. They can't tell you that mm -hmm. because then you'll be disobedient and running wild like some of us still are, okay. you know. So yeah. sheltered in place ain't always a bad thing, you know. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And so, and I, I'm glad you, you know, uh, brought out more things about it being like something internal like you there's some internal work to do like just because you know like I understand me being I always tell people like I am a introverted extrovert like while I love being to myself I do have extroverted qualities like I, I can deal with people I can be social it's not hard for me I just feel rejuvenated and refreshed when refreshed when I am you know staying to myself like I I am, you know, just living life right now. Like, I am doing fine, okay? When I say I'm okay, I'm thriving, <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what it is, you know? So it's it's crazy. I, I feel bad almost in a way because I understand some people are really struggling with this. But me, on the other hand, I, I get that this is a time I might not get back. So now is my time to really enjoy myself. Like, I feel like once everything goes back to normal, my family, they're going to be like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, they're not going to want to sit okay, still because, perfect. you know, they said still, they said still for so long. So I get like, I better enjoy this. And so I am. But like, for me, like this whole thing, like for a long time, I've always said you are the most important thing going on. And I feel like people feel like, oh, that's just so selfish. But I, I understand that there is something about the way I perceive the world and how I feel about the world and how I feel about everything that's going on that creates my personal universe. And I feel like when you understand that, when you really accept that to be the case, like you can make sure no matter what's going on, your personal um, perspective and what you encounter is peaceful. You know, it's what yeah. you need. And I'm not saying like you would never have any issues, but what I am saying is going to be something you deal with and you can deal with, something you can deal with, something manageable for you. And I remember back in the day when The Secret first came out a long time ago, they said something or somebody said something along the lines like, is your, is your universe that you created worthy of you, you know? Is what you created in your at-home space worthy of you? And at the time, when I looked around, I could not say yes, you know? And that put me in the position to change things. Now, I understand, like, it's not all me. I don't do everything. I don't control everything. But it put me in position to, to get in control of what I could get in control of. So I could change what I could change in my life. And so now when I say 
is my world, is my universe, mine in particular, worthy of me, I can say yes. You know? and, and I want people to be able to say yes. Because you know why you might not be the God of the entire universe, your universe, you are the God of. You understand? Like people, right, right. they want to make it more than what it is. <laughs> it's just simple. You are the God of your universe. You make everything happen for you. And you can, you can say, no, no, no. I'm just a little on me. However you feel about it. The point is you're in control and you can, and there are things that you change and that you can destroy and that you can, you know, make better. And it's your choice. It's you're either doing it or you're not. And so I feel for everybody who is like going through right now, I, I feel like they just haven't tapped into their responsibility in their lives. They refuse to be the most important thing going on. They refuse to take charge. So thank you for going there, but we have more shelter conversation to have so what you do next- let me let me um interject real quick because you just mm-hmm. taught me something that quick because um i have been experiencing some very selfish emotions beings what they call quarantined in your own home now mm-hmm. um sharing a space with the individual is not as difficult as a lot of people make it, but I think what tends to happen and what I'm experiencing now is relationship tends to teach me the the emphasis of people having selfish moments and spaces in order for them mm-hmm. to be able to continually thrive in the relationship. Like, I'm a person that mm-hmm. for this past three weeks to a month, I realize now that whenever I transition from this place of dwelling into a much larger home, I have to have a space completely to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Quarantine is teaching me the respect for other people when it turns, when I, when I deal with myself, like um, there's moments where um, my lady works from home every day and I'm still the person that goes out because I'm an essential worker. So I technically deliver, Mm -hmm. you know, consumables and, you know, water and things of that nature. So I go out into the world Mm -hmm. and I bring that energy home every day. You know, um, Mm -hmm. the disrespect of people, how they still don't care about um, other people's health and safety, how they still just kind of maneuver through the world without a care. I bring all of those energies that I've consumed throughout the day while she's probably stressing to a degree, having to work from home, not being able to really get outside and, you know, do what she typically would want to do. I bring that energy home. And sometimes we don't connect instantly when I come home from work, like Mm -hmm. the typical person in a relationship. And sometimes in order for me to come back in the right spirit, I have to be alone and I have to decompress Mm -hmm. and get some of those things off. So I've just said to myself that I need a space to scream when I feel like it. Mm -hmm. Because me screaming, I don't want it to somewhat alert her to an energy that I'm just trying to get off or I'm trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, release from myself. I just need a space. Like if I want to cry and get that out without being questioned about the Mm -hmm. emotions and um, knowing that there's nothing that you can actually do about it. This is just my man moment. I need that sacred space to to be that person. And sometimes even in 
sharing a space, it tends to disrupt the peace that is right. sometimes not necessary to disrupt. So I've just said to myself that I need a space to myself. And even if a kid is being born into that same mm -hmm. home, that space for me will still not change. Like I have to be right. That, I have to be that, that intentional of keeping a certain level of peace, you know, to be able to promote the peace in my home. And I'm not always that right. person. Right. So, right, um, right, right. No, how we, you know, how we say, you know, sheltered in place. Like I need that sheltered place mm -hmm. to deal with those emotions. And sometimes you can't just, you know, come inside a usual space or territory and disrupt the energy that already exists. And that's been very important to me because even when I get emotional at times, I'll just go outside in the parking lot and sit in the car, you know, mm -hmm. and until mm -hmm. I can back with the right energy because you know the people around you are suffering just like you and they don't deserve right. to be brought down just because you've gone through you know whatever storms or issues you deal with so I'm learning about a lot of things in this space where it's viewed as being just so negative there's so many teachable moments and mm -hmm. you know pandemic and how we are to care and govern ourselves, you know, around each other and for one another. So um, you really just taught me something because I was kind of questioning if this was a reality. Am I to really go about getting that space? Because it did right. feel selfish, you know, it <laughs> feel selfish. But I mean, and uh, I mean, a lot of it, you, you really have to take yourself into account. You have to. You mm -hmm. got to figure out how, because like you said, it's it's going to it's going to mean whether you have peace or not if you're not taking yeah. yourself into account. But let's go, because I think you're answering one of the questions. Because the last question on the list is, how do you shelter others from your feelings? And I feel like a part of how you shelter others from your feelings is going into your private space to where mm -hmm. they don't have to interact with you and your feelings. But we'll let you expound on that when we get there, because the next question is, how, how do you shelter yourself? Like, how do you feel like you hold yourself back, in a sense, more so, not so much where you're sheltered, but you're, you're sheltering, sheltering an aspect of you. How do you feel like you do that? I do it a lot. Um, because I tend to believe that nobody deserves my problems. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of the issues that I've had as a man emotionally have drove me crazy, have, mm -hmm. um, have triggered so many depressive stages, have put me in, you know, that, that place, that dark that dark space in your mind where no matter how many positive alternatives you can actually see, you still going to choose the negative because you're just at that, that space of just not having any energy or any type of inspiration to go through mm -hmm. the process to get to the other side. So, you know, it's those moments that I have, that will tell me like nobody wants to deal with this nobody wants to you know feel what this feels like i know this mm -hmm. because i don't want to feel what this feels like and typically um 
I try to damage control myself mm-hmm. in certain ways that don't always work right away. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily answer um, those curiosities right away. But I definitely, you know, shelter myself from the rest of the world because I just know what it feels like to me. So I, I assume that it will be overwhelming to other people. I just had somebody um, in the culture not too long ago tell me that people depend on me for being okay. Mm. So, um, and you, you have to understand while that's, it's a, it's an, you know, it's, it's commendable. It sounds great, right? But that's a yeah. whole nother pressure for you. And honestly, it's not your responsibility. And I get it. Right. You know, I want to be okay for other people. I would love to be strong for everyone. But the reality is I have my own weaknesses. I have my own times of need and I can express those. And there should be people in place in my life that can handle me when I'm not my best. So we can't, we can't put ourselves in the position to where we don't get to be weak. We don't get to be vulnerable. We don't get to have those moments where we're not 100% because everybody expects us to be okay. That's not a shelter. That's a prison. You understand? Yeah, so it's that- like there are differences. Like some people are experiencing the shelter in place as a prison. And that's a form of imprisonment when you are taking a role that you cannot, you, you, you couldn't possibly be okay all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't. But then it you also sh- Yeah, it does. I would love to, but then it what it also does is it teaches me that everybody's advisory in those moments is not useful either. So um mm-hmm. on top of not necessarily having the the will to expose myself in that way, there are still moments of not trusting the advice of those who make themselves mm. available because I know very many available nosy people. I know many, <laughs> you know, I know many people who give me recycled answers. You know, um, a lot of advice comes in the form of lyrics to their favorite gospel song, but they haven't okay. had the experience for that to, you know, tug at their heartstring and really penetrate. Right you know, the way that it's supposed to. So like, um, in those moments when I find myself in that space of not trusting anybody with the sheltered place or the, Mm -hmm. the sheltered emotions that I tend to have Mm -hmm. a lot of times, that's when I go into heavy meditation and I I pray more and it'll be those moments when like immediately when I pray, Especially if it's on a Monday, a lot of times mm-hmm. that's when like you show up in a way of either your show or the reigning opinions. And there'll be that moment of you just saying something so simple and it makes things so clear. Or it'll be a moment where um, somebody are just, you know, I guess I'm placed on somebody's spirit and that right person uh-huh. show up and say, you know, something that'll, you know, penetrate the way. It should. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't believe that I suffer in that shelter place. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that there's a certain level of truth and um, analytics that I expect mm-hmm. because I know how I tend to deal with things. And a lot of people have rehearsed those those helpings 
that they distribute to people. A lot of it has mm. nothing to do with their experience. So okay. the space, because most of the people that I'm referring to in those rehearsed helpings are people mm -hmm. that depend on me all the time. Right. So and so like I want to also say, and not to cut you off, also, but I want to also say that a lot of times, even though a lot of people may look to you for you to be okay, you also have to, in your own way, give them permission not to be okay. You understand? Like, even in my, even in the midst of me not being okay, it's okay to be this, you know? Right. I feel right. like when when you admit, like, have you ever, like, in the middle of, like, being upset with something, just admitted to being upset, like, admitted to being unhappy? Like, I've prayed prayers where I'm like, God, I don't like them, you know? <laughs> it's just what it is. I don't <laughs> like them. <laughs> I don't and I, I know I don't I'm not supposed to feel this way I just don't like it I don't like mm. them I don't I don't know what to do about it but all I'm asking is that you remove that from me so I can do what I need to do but I know how I feel and if it's yeah. not like you you got to change it because I know how I feel <laughs> you yeah. know and, and I, feel I, like pray, sometimes I just, pray for that all the time all the time because I feel like just admit it and sometimes when you just admit it it's like you're you're no longer fighting it. Mm -hmm. Like when you admit it, you not you don't fight it. You're accepting it, and then it can change. But it's like when you're fighting it, it's like you're in denial of it, so it's still beating you up. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to what I used to do um, in like those moments when I feel like I'm fighting, I'll pray for that person specifically. I'll say for you know grant them the individual that they may be able to share that energy that is affecting me with someone else. Like I make mm -hmm. sure that I dedicate those, you know, those specifics to, um, you know, my prayers, because I know mm -hmm. that a lot of what I fight off um, triggers other emotions in me. You know, I'm mm -hmm. a person that is very quick. I'm very quick to anger because that's just mm -hmm. the most natural emotion to have when things are not going my way. I'm not the person that, mm -hmm. you know, sees the brighter side immediately. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of those instances pushes me into that introverted space where I kind of just stay to myself and get those things off because I bring mm -hmm. these energies around people. But mm -hmm. um, I remember... And you don't want to, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. And I remember what it felt like as that, that shelter kid not having the outlets to express those feelings. So it's kind of like I constantly relive my childhood because I used to cave into my room with the door closed and cry and, mm -hmm. you know, yell into a pillow. And, you know, I can't, I can't deal with my mom's energy or whatever it was. I used to deal with those things alone, even as a kid. So maybe I just haven't broke those habits of dealing with, emotions you know on my own so um there's the traditionalist sense to how i handle things but for the most part i still know not to share that energy with other people that don't deserve it but i just haven't you know found a reliable source well no that's not true that's not true because i have um i will admit that i have um started life coaching with stephanie and um mm -hmm. That helps, and um, I definitely make sure that I. Stephanie's my her. coach. Yeah, my coach. and she definitely assists me in so many ways. 
to mm-hmm. um, healthy emotional renovation. And um, I make sure I speak it so that somebody else can hear it and not be a referral to, you know, the person that needs it, that she's there because she did that for me um, with our friendship. Right. So um, I will say that she has right. been the beacon of light um, as of lately. But before then, you know, it was just all by myself, you know. Right. And another thing, too, like um, there's a lot of a lot of our characteristics that we assign to be bad is because we were told they were bad, you know, because somebody did have a negative reaction to it. But a lot of them, if we if we figure out like so I know a lot of times when like something upsets me, I'm upset, but I'm also. What's the word? I'm not inspired, so to speak, but there is like this this motivation that's like running up against this me being upset. So it's like, it Uh, makes me more productive. So if I can figure out how to, instead of just being upset to where I'm deflated and it reduces me to doing nothing, but get upset where it motivates me to change and do something and get productive, I'm okay with being upset if it doesn't stop my production. You know, I'm okay with that form of being upset. But there's like, you know, there's also a form of anger when you're speaking up for yourself and setting your boundaries. And I know Stephanie talks about this. And if it's not like you don't let yourself get to that point of anger where you're yelling and being ugly and being mean to people, but you are standing firm and saying, you know what, enough is enough. And I should have told you this a long time ago, but I don't like this this way and it's not going to work for me. We got to change this up, you know, and if it if it invokes you, you know, setting a boundary or changing something that needs to change, that anger is okay as long as you don't let it get out of hand. So, like, I feel like, you know, if we don't allow ourselves to abuse ourselves by taking too much of what we don't like or what's upsetting us or what makes us angry and, you know, pick up on that sense right away and can communicate through it. It's not a bad. It's not a bad thing. I feel like it's what we tend to do is let it go on too long, to where it's no longer manageable. It's no longer bearable, and we explode with these feelings. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a point. Um, there's a point that I use as a gauge to know when I'm at that level of mm-hmm. anger or frustration. Usually, um, when a person just has a bad day and you're just on the Mm -hmm. receiving end of it, I have a way of, you know, accepting that one, you know, strike (laughs) and potentially Mm -hmm. moving on with the rest of my day. But I know that it's a point or a time for me to remove you when in my subconscious mind, I'm calling you four and five letter names. (laughs) Like, you know, it's that moment when, you know, as a woman, in your mind, you like this so-and-so-and-so getting on my nerves, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a point where they're no longer a human in your thoughts, they're actually, you know, profane gestures mm-hmm. or, like, that's the point when I got to have a conversation with you. Like, look, you know, you got mm-hmm. one more time to piss me off and we will not communicate ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have to be that firm because I know what I know what that feels like to to have the person exist within your space and your spirit on a day-to-day basis and not add to it. I know what it feels like. I know mm-hmm. how how every day what you call them becomes worse because now you're counting 
all of their violations day by day. They're just racking up. It's not changing. It's not a point where this person understands what they're doing. They don't personally care what they're doing. Mm. And all you're doing is tallying their violations. I don't let that happen. So when Mm. I get to a point where it's like you're no longer human in my thoughts when I'm trying to contain Mm -hmm. myself, I'll just flat out tell you, you got one more time and we're done. Wow. And usually, and usually because most people don't think that what they're doing is that bad when you say I'm done, it's like it startles them because a lot of people are not used to being cut off up front. They're used to, you know, they're used to like the passive dodging, um, you know, all of a sudden the calls don't get answered anymore. Like those real um, slick and sneaky ways of avoiding a person is never really direct. So when you're very direct and you're right. honest, it kind of, it kind of is received a lot firmly. And um, those are the moments when I kind of back people off of me. And a lot of people don't really respect me until I get to that point. You know. Well, here's another thing too. Um, a lot of times, for maybe not you, but I know for some people, if you are more passive, I know I'm. I consider myself to be passive aggressive. Like early on, when I first felt this change within myself, where I would like speak up quick, quicker, and you know, like set a boundary earlier, I realized that the people who I hadn't practiced, you know, that those better habits with were startled because that was not my norm. So mm-hmm. instead of me being, oh, now you're mad, you know, I've been taking this for so long, now you're mad. Instead of me taking their position, I understood this was new for them. So they did need a time period of getting used to me saying, nah, nah, not right now, not today, not this way. Yeah. No, you know, setting a boundary up. So I wasn't surprised when they were startled, but I get it. And so like people, you know, after, you know, people that, you know, that you had to interact with and you set those boundaries early, they don't even have the opportunity to get beyond, you know, a place to where they can mess, you know, get to you Mm -hmm. because you set those boundaries up early. And so, so it's like, once you identify what you need, you don't need it just with that person. You're going to need it across the board. So it's like, just set up little, little parameters (laughs) everywhere you go. So nobody's, you know, getting too close to that space to where they may be in danger. Which brings me to my next point. How do you feel sheltered by others? Mm. Now, if you need some some clarification on what this could possibly mean, it's like, do you feel like some people are trying to protect you from them? Because they feel like you might not be able to handle it. Like maybe if they've seen that angry side of you one time too many, they kind of want to protect you so you don't get to be angry. You know, I think the best protection for those people to show me is Mm -hmm. um, the understanding of needing their own support system. Um, That Mm -hmm. is that is the most valuable lesson anybody could teach me at this point in my life, because I am more selfish and Mm -hmm. I am more attentive to me. I haven't had as much time as many people think. I've had to be this way. Mm. Um, If in fact there is something that they are afraid of sharing with me because they know that I'm going to potentially be angry, that means that they understand that it's time for them to shelter themselves from me. (laughs) I get it. I get it. 
Yeah, like, I mean, as selfish as that sounds, that's exactly what mm-hmm. I feel. Like, um, there was a point even in, like, uh, my elders. Like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we all know what this is when you are being um, criticized for doing something by a spiritual elder in your life. Mm-hmm. And they'll do this thing that typically backs you off of your own opinion and feelings. They'll say something like, what did Paul say in reference to something that he may have said in the Bible that is supposed to back you off of whatever it is that you feel. And Mm, um, people used to to spiritually minimize your feelings because they felt like they knew more about the world and about the word and all of those different things. And so even in those moments, like when I have an uncle that does it, I'll say, I don't care what he said. You heard what you hearing what I'm saying right now. We're talking about you right now. Right. I'll find mm-hmm. out what he said later after this conversation is over. Because maybe you are mm-hmm. trying to help me by what you're administering, but you're not going to negate my feelings. You know, right. being selfish in that way, defending yourself properly and knowing when to stand up to any and everybody in terms of in terms to your emotional health because Mm -hmm. I've been minimized in that way for so long and so now it's Mm -hmm. like to be needed as much with all of that wisdom knowledge and understanding despite the fact that you are more spiritually healthy um pertaining to the the spiritual base or the bible and Mm -hmm. knowing all these intricate details of the many disciples in the bible and all of these things you still lean on me more than I lean on you and you still don't mm-hmm. respect the feelings that come from you leaning on me more than I lean mm-hmm. on you. So I have to kind of create these boundaries so that I can have the space to even interpret some of these mm-hmm. things that you guys are sharing with me. But being selfish has mm-hmm. been liberating for me mm-hmm. as of lately when it comes to that shelter, that shelter place in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't just allow people to have their ways with me anymore. So if anything, if you if you feel like I'm going to be angry, that means that you understand that it's time for you to show to yourself and figure yourself out and figure out a means to support yourself better. Figure out how to apply the things that I've already told you that you keep coming to me in repetition. Like you're right. starting to figure out exactly where I am in this space mm-hmm. of no longer wanting to be needed and depended mm-hmm. upon as much. Mm-hmm. My importance seems to heighten whenever I disappear. When I return, I want to have just as less responsibility as I did when I left. I want to be free. I want to have space. I want to have my peace. So these things are typically what people tend to shelter me from because they realize they've they've like ran their courses or they've overstepped this now established boundary for me and it's it's hard i mean it's definitely hard because those are the leading ladies in my life sometimes those those are like Mm -hmm. the parents the aunties you know um i realized that a lot of what i inherit as a man comes from my family not having very many men on Mm -hmm. my mother's side of the family it's only three of us it's my grandfather Mm -hmm. who is no longer able to man a lot of the responsibilities and now my Mm -hmm. uncle is somewhat of age and can't man any other responsibilities and then I have a cousin that's younger than me Mm 
who's willing mm-hmm. and able, but he was born outside of the the family orientation, if that makes sense. Like, um, he was born at a point after my family decided to move out of my grandmother's house. All of my family mm-hmm. typically grew up in one house, and he was born yes. outside of that, you know, that space where we all kind of mm-hmm. supported each other. By the time mm-hmm. he was brought into the world, we all had our responsibilities and hardships. So we didn't mm-hmm. connect with him the same way that we connected to each other. So right, he doesn't right, feel right. The, he don't he don't feel the responsibility of the women in the family like I would. So everything fell mm-hmm. on me. And I just right. got to a point where enough is enough, you know? Right. And sometimes and... you do that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you you have to do that. And I mean, I don't know if uh, the message from teaching me how to love you as far as like when I wanted, I didn't want the man in my life. I didn't want my husband to, you know, be like monitoring my every move or whatever. I wanted his support to feel like be more confident in what I could do. It's because of knowing that men feel like they're exhausted, like like I am utilized to my fullest extent at work, at home, with aunts, with aunt, you know, with grandmothers, you know, with, with moms, with wives, with you know, daughters, you know, like they, they feel exhausted. So it's like, well, honey, you might not realize it, but you are overextending yourself by worrying about me in this aspect. You know, I got this. Yeah. So relieve yourself, you know, and go do something else where you don't have to concern yourself or exhaust yourself with more of what I am trying to do or what I need to do or what I could do. So it's that type of thing. And I, and, and I believe women hear men when they're tired. I just don't think men receive when a woman is trying to set things up so they can relieve the man. Because men also like to still be needed. You know, and so when a woman is like altering the position to where he's not needed, so he is getting the rest and, you know, getting to sit back a little bit, it feels different for them. You know, yeah. that's a whole nother conversation. So I think it applies. <laughs> I definitely it think applies. It, um, one of the yeah. things that I understand in that space is that being needed is not mm. necessarily literal. Um, mm. Being available if needed is still being needed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's the perspective in which you use to um, give your partner the proper respect of knowing exactly what she wants, having mm-hmm. the ideas and the capabilities of exercising mm-hmm. each individual goal or step mm-hmm. to get to where she wants to be. But um, being available if needed is still a need because mm-hmm. it's letting that person know that I trust you to be as amazing as you are but if in Mm -hmm. fact you do need that extra opinion those extra eyes or even the hands to Mm -hmm. complement what you're doing it's still there and I don't think that Mm -hmm. we readily understand availability as being a essential part of being needed um Mm -hmm. because we are we consume ourselves with so many responsibilities to not only our partners but everybody else around us so the availability is always challenged in that way Mm -hmm. so we think that if we're hands-on we still are implementing some sense of impact but um right 
part of, of sheltering yourself away from things that are not important so that you can be available to those people who will need you for the right reasons or need you for um, what you specialize in versus just mm -hmm. using you because you're there. Um, I think that it right. makes a difference to the perspective. So I definitely get where you're coming from. I love to be needed in a way to where you're going to still at least try to do it on your own. But if in fact you do need me, you know that I'm there. I appreciate right. that. Still, um, right. Right. That. Yeah. And I feel like people uh, like I, I really are like you saying, men are so hands on. I really feel like when people um, that may have abused them in the past, with you know, utilizing them because they were there, uh, they it it's so it's such a vast difference to where it it feels like oh they trying to shelter me now, like shelter me in the in a in a place of where they're not utilizing me. You know, like they're not asking me, they're not involving me. And sometimes that feels like a bad thing. I know me personally, like if I ever like, you know, explain myself and say, hey, um, right now I'm going to do this this way or whatever. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm inflexible and I'm not going to do this a different way next time. It doesn't mean don't bother me. Don't ask me nothing. And I feel like um, in the past, when you create boundaries or when you express yourself, some people take it in a negative way and they just exclude you going forward, you know? And that kind of feels like a slap in the face. And I feel like that's kind of a way where you can feel sheltered by others. And it might not be the best feeling, even though sometimes you can just accept it for what it is because Ultimately, if if they're going to take it that way, that might be somebody you should not be utilizing, you know, your goods for, you know, if they're going to be that way. You understand? So, yeah. Is it is it important for you? Is it important for you as a woman to be needed in any any way outside of just the chore of? the relationship in a sense. And I say chore because there's usually a certain set of things that we just typically expect women to do in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, um, has there ever been a point where you wanted to be needed for more than just what is traditional for a woman to be needed for in a relationship? Well, I could say yes, because first of all, um, my my relationship is non-traditional anyway, but like there are things that I feel like I am good at. Like I feel like there are certain things that I am, I was placed on this earth to do. And so if I can do this for the person like I love the most, then I want to. But I feel like um, sometimes I'm not allowed to, you know, uh, flex my mastery muscles with my, with my husband, you know, cause mm -hmm. it's just not, it's not something that he, you know, needs. It's not, we, we don't, we don't bond on that level. Like that's not where we, you know, mesh or whatever. So, so I remember there was a time where it would hurt me where he wouldn't allow me to do what I do best for him. So yeah, you know, um, yeah, I could say, you know, you do want to be needed in, in ways where, you know, you can, 
you know, really help, you know, where you can really mm-hmm. like soar, where you can kind of show off in a sense, like, oh, I'm good at this, you know? So yeah, in, in those type of areas where you know you shine, you want to be needed. But like, um, you know, there's a lot of things that <laughs> I'm good. You don't have to need me. <laughs> you know, there's a lot yeah. of, there's tons of things. Like I almost, I almost find, see it like a sigh of relief when I am not needed in a lot of different aspects, you know, because I feel like that means like I partnered my partnered myself up with somebody who, you know, came as complete as they could, you know, and, yeah. you know, yeah. and I did too. So it's like, I'm so happy when we don't need each other for like a lot of things that a lot of people might feel like, oh, couples are supposed to do this or whatever, because it doesn't always work that way. But, you know, when it comes to things, I think I do well. And I see he has that struggle as well, too. Like there's things that he knows that he's good at. And when I don't call upon him for that or when I don't like eagerly take his advice on those things, I can see where he's kind of like, uh, upset and frustrated with me. And we we share that frustration when we don't get to shine in our areas of yeah. expertise for each other. So, yeah. So how do you so how do you process those moments in your relationship where you excel in a certain area, but your partner still doesn't need it. Like, how do you process that space? I just, I just accept it for what it is. Like, just because he doesn't need me in that particular area, it doesn't mean that I'm still not beneficial, you know? Like, there will come a time, you know, where it will, you know, be something that I can do. And then I have to check myself and say, do I just want to be needed in this so I can show off? I mean, a large part of it is ego. You know, you you do, you know, I do enjoy my um, spouse being proud of me. I do enjoy being proud of myself. There is a different feeling I get when when my husband is giving me like a nod of approval, like, girl, you know, like there's a different type of um adrenaline that rushes through your body when they can see that there's something that you're really good at and they they see firsthand so it's just really it's like one of those things where when when it's time it's time when it isn't it isn't you know and you you just know that just because you're not being called upon by this person each and every time it doesn't mean you're still not beneficial okay yeah that makes sense because i don't i don't force myself on my partner Mm -hmm. at all at all you know, um, and one of the reasons why I feel this way now is because um, I really despise arguing. I really do. Mm. Um, I'm to a point with peace that I feel like if we have two arguments too many, I'm going to just go straight to that that cancellation part of my life where it's like, look, you got one more time. Oh, my you God. Know? <laughs> I really, I really do feel like that way in so many ways. And I'm like extremely blessed to be with the person mm-hmm. like she and I have been together for almost four years now. And we have yet mm-hmm. to have an argument. And part of that reason is because I don't lo- allow her into my tormented spaces too often. Like, um, I don't, I'm still in that shelter place of, keeping some of those things away from her because sometimes I have to decompress a lot of those feelings where it's profane and I might want to go there and, you know, just go off the rail because I'm in that, that space or that adrenaline is going, but I have to like come down off of those feelings to make sense of them so I can explain to her properly 
that this is what I feel and this is what you're making me feel. And, you know, it's been a blessing to not have to go there. And that's one of the ways that I try not to, you know, go too far into that space by just not forcing what I know on her, allowing her to understand when she needs me is a part of being needed too. You know, if she doesn't know mm -hmm. that she needs you, a lot of times she'll never even consider you and she'll go to mm -hmm. other people. If she's mm -hmm. seeing you doing certain things around the house or um, she's seeing you having certain conversations, even, even if you're enlightening her, her on some of the things mm -hmm. that you're used to doing, um, she'll begin to realize, you know, in those moments that this is a perfect time for me to come to my partner. So I don't try to force some of the things that mm -hmm. I know I could fix for her on her. I still let her mm -hmm. have the space to figure it out for herself. Um, right. And that There's comes a respect from, when people figure things out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's so important to allow people to, you know, develop and establish their own identity. Um, mm hmm and that's something that I take pride in now as an adult male, because before it just felt like when dealing with my old circumstances, it's like, let me fix this move out the way, you know, and <laughs> mm -hmm. not realizing that, you know, you're not even thinking to yourself that you're creating more responsibility for yourself by. Yes, you are. Doing doing it completely for them versus making them stand there even to watch you do it so that they can refine the, you know, the skill set to carry it on their own. Like you're not even mm -hmm. teaching them when you're taking over, you're just totally assuming the responsibility and eventually they'll make you completely responsible for it. You know? Yeah. Because so, you don't know when to do it. Cause when yeah. I ask, it's a, it's a source of frustration and you just do it anyway. So I don't know how to do it. So I have to involve you. Exactly. Yeah. You you hit. You just, you nailed it. <laughs> that is exactly what yeah, happens. That's right exactly there. what happens. So like I just practice, you know, giving a person a space to develop their own identity. Um, sometimes they might find a shortcut, you know, to doing certain things that could probably teach you something. You never know what the lessons are when they come so i just try to like step back and let them do what they do and being available is still being needed that's just my theory mm -hmm. you know whatever you need me i'm here i like Listen. it yeah i i like it i like it and i and you answered like i said you answered the question about like how do you shelter others from yourself it is very clear that you keep your problems are things that you deem to be problems uh, to yourself. Like you, you try to personally deal with those things, and I think I've, I think that's a man quality. I'm not saying um, that you know you're less masculine or more masculine. I just I just think that is just something that men do, and um, I really think women would like a little bit more. Uh, trust with those moments where men feel like women couldn't handle it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like not to say not not to say that you know any woman wants her man just you know you know lashing out and going you know whatever however it looks when you feel like you're really in a bad place or whatever. But I feel like a lot of women want to see their man their their loved ones like in that vulnerable place where they wouldn't want them to see it you know because it doesn't yeah. to us that doesn't mean that they're weak 
To us, it doesn't mean that they can't handle things. To us, it doesn't mean all the things that the man might be telling themselves is happening if I show her this side of me, you know? So it's it's just one of those things I feel like women wish they could get like a front seat on, Um, you know, not to hold it against you, but just to be like, you know what? I, I wanted to see this side of you just so I could know that it ain't that bad to me. Or I know that I can handle this or whatever, or let you know that you don't have to hide that. If if you would feel better by openly expressing yourself about the way you felt, I would be okay with it. You know? And I feel like sometimes yeah. men need to explore the, um, explore the opportunity to express those things that they think they need to hide just to see if it's, as ugly as they tell themselves that it is, you know? Yeah. I think for the, the guy who is emotionally aware, there's a weird Mm -hmm. way for us to perceive those moments as being somewhat of a provision that he's making for, um, her emotional safe space or the, Mm-hmm. The idea that he is keeping her away from something either volatile or toxic. Um, mm-hmm. We tend to go. We tend to go to the emotional extreme because we were never taught how to exist or even like sit in those feelings. So we tend to go off the deep end a lot of times mm-hmm. when we are in those spaces of dealing with our feelings. And then there is a more nurturing or emotionally stable approach that a woman mm. takes and how she deals with a man in the midst of his own calamities in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's like, he's not really understanding the resource in which she brings to that emotional situation that you're going through, because all we know is how it makes us feel and you're not going to want to feel the way I'm feeling about it. So we think it's a a weird sense of provision that we're making to keep you safe from what it is that right. makes right. us the men that we are. Yeah. Right. But it's also an assumption that we would interpret it the way that the man would. You know, it's mm-hmm. an assumption. You know, we you don't know. But I get it. Yeah. It's a provision. It's It's a shelter. It's it's, you know, it's something that you, you, it's a service you're providing, you know, but I also feel like at, in this time, it is, it is something that can't change. You know, it is something that you are making provisions for to stay that way because you don't trust if it was exposed that it would be okay and dealt with. You understand? Yeah. So I feel yeah. like in this place, in this particular part of being sheltered in place, you're actually stuck, you know? Like, you yeah, can't... If, if this is a bad thing that does need to be dealt with, how if it's never exposed? How if you can't trust anybody with it? How if it's just yours and you've been handling it the same way for the last 15, 20 years? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a person that believes that in those spaces so that, um, one, you can not only receive your partner in the proper way, but then also have a second opinion. Those are Mm -hmm. the moments to me as an adult male where couples counseling are very important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very important. And um, it's not always when the relationship is on the outs and 
you know, these moments where it just seemed like he ain't talking to me and I need him to tell me what's going on and all of those different, you know, arenas we tend to travel to when mm-hmm. we get inside our own heads and hearts. Like, I think mm-hmm. those moments of sitting down with the person because um, emotional trust for men is a serious mm-hmm. problem in a relationship. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just a person who was fortunate enough to develop a a level of emotional mm-hmm. renovation before I entered into that space. But a lot of people are mm-hmm. already in relationships, still needing that emotional renovation. And those are the moments where um, you can really be of help and service to your partner and say, look, mm-hmm. if you go together with someone and talk about this so that this person can help me understand you. Like, um, that's a level of love that many of us don't know we can afford to display to our mm-hmm. partner. You know, um, mm-hmm. not being the answer, but still going to help find the answer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things are are paramount to a relationship. And mm-hmm. I think that if we understood that being needed is... Of course, again, just being available for those moments where somebody else is the answer, but you're still willing to participate in the process. Like we have to understand what um, needs are. Sometimes they're external. Sometimes they're internal. Sometimes it, it doesn't require you to do anything physical. It's merely based on support. You just have to know how to need and how to be needed. And mm-hmm. um, I think that that will definitely change the way that we will appear to each other. And Mm -hmm. again, a lot of men don't know how to get there because we don't know the steps to getting to emotional trust and even believing that our emotions even matter because I mean, they've been downplayed since our birth, you know, Mm -hmm. your partner has mastered something that you know nothing about and you can't receive her mm-hmm. because been given somewhat of a privilege that you have yet to be introduced to and you're grown you know mm-hmm. so it's hard it's hard but i i do believe that we as men need to stop sheltering ourselves in that way because mm-hmm. I, learned, I learned so much about my manhood from women like right so and um I don't always have the spaces to pull guys in so that they mm-hmm. can get the same thing. But um, I truly believe that if we knew how to take key things from women, we would be much better as men. Much better. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, I don't, I don't know why men feel like women have permission to be more weak and more vulnerable. Um, you know, a lot of times because men, you know, feel like, you know, that's a trait of weakness, uh, they tend to, you know, force the women in their lives to, uh, you know, pretend that everything is okay or force them to, you know, suck up a lot of emotions because they don't want to talk about it and different things like that. It's no easier for women to, you know, uh, be vulnerable in a lot of cases or whatever. So I feel like it's all a myth 
you know, that we decide to subscribe to in regards to people expressing themselves and how they truly feel. I also feel like it's a myth as far as like how negatively a lot of these feelings are perceived. I feel like a lot of people are aware of themselves enough that they uh, they give themselves permission to be upset, to cry, to be emotional, to be needy, to be vulnerable. And they, you know, with them doing that, you know, they're also a lot of times like if you have a woman that's, you know, uh, outwardly acting out and cutting up, as one would say. Maybe that's them, you know, giving the invitation to the man to do the same thing if he feels it's necessary. If we can get the breakthrough, we need to be together and be happy and be healthy, you know, because I feel like a lot of times what happens in these relationships is that somebody's withholding. And, you know, people, when they when they want to love you, they want to see your entirety. And when they can't get that entirety, they feel they feel sheltered in a way where they don't get to um, enjoy you because you can't trust them. Like there, there feels like it feels like a lack of trust in there somewhere, you know, and it's it's I feel like the issue across the board and people can't make people express themselves. They can't make people, you know, open up and give their entirety. But if they could, they would. And a lot of this, a lot of the toxicity that we see in relationships is that display of I want everything from you and you're not giving it to me because you're afraid. I think the approach, well, no, maybe you are, maybe you are right about that. I think my approach to that is a little different because, Mm -hmm. um, and this is just me being honest and transparent. Um, I don't like, when my woman dresses up in a clown suit like i don't like it and i know that that is an honest place but can you can you can you explain that more i i need i need a little bit more clarity on what you mean by dresses up in a clown suit okay now a clown suit is um it's a little bit offensive to be honest because I think the, these are just personal perceptions that I've made over the years for a strong distaste for certain things. Now, a clown suit mm-hmm. is the idea that, that you have to talk with, talk to me with your hands. You have to swing your head and hair back and forth. You have to do all of these outrageous gestures to communicate in a way to m- make yourself believe that I'm not getting whatever it is that you're saying. Now, there is a point to every person where just because you're in an emotional space doesn't mean I have to respond to you. Mm-hmm. And that is usually the part of shelter that we tend to get confused to. Um, it's, mm-hmm. not that he, it's not that he didn't hear you. It's that he doesn't care. And we don't mm. know how to accept when a person is careless in a a healthy way like I can't entertain everything that you would bring to me because in some ways these are moments of chaos for you 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 are acting Mm -hmm. out in such a way that will lead me to believe that you haven't even processed this correctly because if you did you would know that this is not going to get a rise or response out of me 
it's a mm. way in which I think we can approach those moments when you ain't tried your clown suit on in a while and you just want to step out real quick. Uh, and, <laughs> and I think that men do I'm it too. Sorry. I yeah. think that men do it yeah, too. It's like right. we're all guilty of it, but um, to know that a person is not going to entertain you at your lowest is not always neglect. It's actually setting a standard for you to to be at your healthiest when you communicate. To know that a lot of times when you do have these different displays of emotion and sometimes irrational decision making in your emotions, that affects the way you're received. So a person not receiving you in the way in which you feel like the dramatics is requiring or requesting out of your partner sometimes is a teachable moment, you know, and I'm just a man that just doesn't like, I just don't like that. I don't feel like, I don't feel like it takes that much to communicate with me. You just have to know if, and you know, if, and how, um, well, no, not how, but if, and when, you know, it's okay to communicate in those moments when you know that you haven't quite come to grips with what you're feeling. Right. And so to that, I say, uh, it makes perfect sense. I get that, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of men, a lot of women, they have a requirement in which they expect someone to approach them. And so when I spoke on, um, you know, women acting out, cutting up, it's because they're requesting more of you that you won't give them. And you don't necessarily, you don't have to stoop to any level. You would hope that if they really felt like you were withholding, they can say that to you and express it in such a way uh, to which you would, you know, understand where they were coming from and actually, you know, be able to relate to their experience with you. You know, that's what you would hope. But I'm saying a lot of times, uh, in most cases, people, don't necessarily, you know, want to put on the clown suit as, you know, like you say, it's just like a level of anger that they may reach to where they are no longer in this uh, controlled composure, you know, like they, they let all everything go. And now they're just mad because they are trying and it doesn't work. And I, I try not to judge people when they get to that unreasonable state, even if I'm prone to stay calm and collected, you know, whatever the case may be, I try not to judge because I understand this is somebody who is upset. I'm not going to, you know, say they, you know, lose any footing in this argument or this exchange because they have, you know, let their, you know, hands go and their head go and their tone go. I'm just going to, I'm not going to let that alter me. And so I'm going to try to hear them out and, you know, unless it gets ridiculous or whatever. But I do I do get that, you know, a lot of times when it comes to an exchange where it no longer it's no longer verbal because the words that, you know, were being expressed maybe didn't penetrate the way that they wanted them to. You know, so let's just say they're not cursing you out yet. You know, let's just say they, you know, it hasn't gotten to that point, but. They're trying to express something to you that they don't have the words for. Because everybody is not, you know, a master communicator. You know, most of us aren't. You don't care how great we think we are at it. When it comes to other people, you know, they just don't, they may not understand us as well as we can express ourselves. You know, that's a real thing. And so it can get frustrating when you feel like you're doing everything to communicate with somebody and they get nothing. 
Now, that might just be a case of, you know, y'all not being compatible. But before you know that and you're trying, that's the frustration you get, you know? Yeah, but I think, too, there's a there's a way in most of those instances. And again, this could be just me being particular to my own experiences. Like Mm -hmm. when you can't when you communicate, you know, with, you know, the hyper expression and the person who is calm and trying to pay attention to you versus respond to you in the same manner. Most of the time, the person with the hyper emotion is still taking that offensive because it feels like he's still downplaying the way that I feel right now. So the person mm-hmm. keeping their composure is still looked at as the smart ass. It's like, look, I'm not stupid to this <laughs> level, but what are you trying to say? And she's still like, well, you still not paying me no attention. It's like, baby girl, I'm not about to do, you know, the nene while I'm hollering at you. I'm not about to do uh, that. I get and it. I'm there. I'm getting you know, I'm there. And that's yeah. what makes that's what makes communication still be ineffective because you're connecting more to your emotions, which again leads me to right. believe that there's no resolve to them. I need you to sit with that and, and feel those things first and then communicate mm-hmm. with me because I'm not going to go there with you. And that's me sheltering cool. myself from a unsafe you, you space. Yourself. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I appreciate you sheltering yourself in an unsafe place. But if this is someone that you are involved with, how do you make them feel safe in this shelter? Even though they might not be welcomed in your particular shelter with the way that they're feeling, but how do you make them feel heard and safe in the shelter that y'all share? Um, I don't know if this is, I don't really know this to work. I just know that this is what I do. Um, when I get in those positions where at any point a person is in that space of their emotions, I usually try to remove them from whatever surroundings or settings they're in that made them comfortable to act this way. Cause it's not most of the time. Um, and this is, like I said, just my opinion. When those things happen, we're usually not in the safest space where we typically communicate at. Mm-hmm. It's always somewhere outside of that realm. So, um, like if you live in an apartment, for this mm-hmm. is just an example, usually a lot of people don't tend to argue in the apartment because the walls are thin and nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. your neighbors are going to call the police if they hear any any type of yelling or screaming so usually wherever Mm -hmm. you maintain or harness your peace is where i take you back to to have a conversation and then i first address everything in that moment why did you feel like you had to go that far emotionally to communicate with me have i not Mm -hmm. been have i not been in tune or attentive to you to where you felt as though you had to go there you know because Mm -hmm. Once you answer that question, if you say, well, no, it's just because I'm mad, I can then say, well, I don't appreciate when you communicate with me that way. And it doesn't take that. And I'm not going to take that. So Mm -hmm. now we can get that clear. You can recenter yourself back to the way in which we actually communicate. And then you can, you know, you can have a floor and say, what is it that was bothering you that much? I can give you my reasoning. Um, we can even agree to disagree, but the solution to 
the communication is not the emotion you put behind it, in my mm. opinion, in terms of okay. that situation. So am I to understand, because you don't allow yourself to express yourself in that manner, you also place that expectation on all those who you deal with? No, no. It's just that, like, in order for me to, in order for me to help you understand that no matter what you do, I'm contained and controlled in my sanity and my peace and how I respond to things. Like, because like I said, most of the times when, when the guy is still answering you with, you know, a normal tone, a normal, like, character and personality you take that as him being sarcastic and you take that as him like demeaning and devaluing the energy that you're putting into explaining to this person what it is that's bothering you and it's just that people don't have to communicate on that level so i always try to bring you back down to at least a peaceful communication setting so that you don't even feel like you have to exhaust yourself that much to talk to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's right. still, I mean, it's still me trying to be the best possible communicator and the best possible peacemaker that I can be. Because if we both, you know, talking with our hands, I don't think nobody's listening. Because I, for one, don't know sign language. So what, are, what is being <sighs> communicated? <laughs> Yes, it yes, I under yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, it's it's just hard because you don't want her to feel like she's not being heard or she's not cared about, but caring for a person is not, you know, the the acting out and the outrageous behavior either. And I just don't I just don't right. really do it that way anymore. And that's just me. Right. You know? And no, I agree with it. I just I just feel like the woman might go to those extremes when they wanted the man to open up that's that's what i just i i see that happening more often than not because the woman is feeling like a lack of this man's entirety because he he feels like he has to present in such a way that she couldn't handle if she got anything different but not to say that that you know overreacting or cutting up is okay i just see that happening and and that's the product of it, you know, it's just like yeah. she's not getting what she wants, so she cut up and he still didn't give her what she wanted, and so bam, it's not gonna work. But yeah, but because all, we don't, all in all, we don't really we don't readily accept that though. Like I think that mm -hmm. when when those moments, I'm gonna even switch it up and say a man is feeling some type of way. You know, mm -hmm. a man gets in his feelings, he walking around, he ain't talking to nobody, he got an attitude, mm -hmm. one word answers, and he doesn't reciprocate. The energy to his woman. I think that once it becomes a time to have a conversation, no can still be one of the alternatives to his feelings that he's going to have to accept from that woman if she just so happens to decide to say no. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that like this, this attitude that most of us have where everything mm -hmm. seems to come with the territory in a relationship. Um, mm -hmm. in some ways, I think that's a, a question of how you're being sheltered as well, because yes, um, 
when you shelter yourself emotionally in such a way to where you don't learn how to emotionally defend for yourself and you put that responsibility on your partner, that'll mm-hmm. make you act that irrational, hyperactive, angry and frustrated human being and mm-hmm. possibly put yourself on display in, you know, in public and not mm-hmm. be heard at all. So, like, I think that right. those two have to be questioned when you result to the hyper side of your emotions. Right. And I, I just think that it's, it's, it's way easier for men and women to communicate when we can bring you back down to a reasonable mind and heart space and say, look, mm-hmm. why do you feel like it takes this much to talk to me? Like, and even mm-hmm. put yourself in a position to hear them tell you how you can communicate with them. Learn their right. communication language. I think all of those things are very useful. Um, That's important. But, yeah, but then still be willing to accept if you go through all of that stuff you just did and they still say no. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't yeah, just think no, absolutely. Change you, the circumstance. You, you know? You, yeah, it doesn't change anything. It's just, it's just the reality of it. Um, but the sheltering in place is, it's, it could be, like we said early on, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Um, it's what you make of it, right? Yeah. Um, ultimately, when it comes to like the personal experience, um, I believe that if I can out myself on as many negative characteristics that I have, where I can be honest with myself, where I can expose myself, where I can, you know, dissect and, you know, possibly get to the root of things and change those negative qualities about myself or whatever, the better. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give shelter uh, and refuge to anything that is holding me back. You know, I don't want that to be my shelter. I don't want it to be something where I'm stuck. I don't want it to be something where I'm confined or compartmentalized. I don't want it to, you know, have me in a place to where I feel like I should be in a different position. You know, I would prefer my, um, my shelter to feel like, um, I'm kept, I'm safe. You know, I am warm. I am treasured. You know, I would rather feel if, if, you know, if this whole thing, if in this position and, you know, in life right now, because you can't, you know, go to work or, you know, move around like you would like to, if you feel trapped, I feel like this is a great indication for you to just look at life and the decisions that you've made and move differently. Change, you know, you know, just look at things differently. Like I, I hate, you know, when um when we found out that China has started, you know, moving around like normal, like they had, you know, their numbers dropped as far as like the deaths and the, the virus cases or whatever, and they started to get back to life as normal. And the first thing I heard was so many people were headed to divorce court. <laughs> it made me chuckle, but it was also sad, you know, that it took being, you know, in the confined space with somebody for so long to realize this person isn't the person for me. And I'm not going to say that, you know, it's not normal to have, you know, a certain amount of time away from people and being stuck with them. Anybody, everybody could come to this realization. But what I'm saying is 
if you are, you know, taking control of your life and making decisions for yourself, understanding who you are and how you are and how you work and how you communicate and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and creating your world with things that are pleasing to you, things that are fitting for you. You do not feel like your dwelling space, the place where you are asked to stay for shelter, for safe haven, is a trap. Because if you do, that means things have got to change. And you have got to change them. And in theory, when you think, yeah, in theory, when you think of uh, shelter in a more literal sense, a lot of times a shelter is usually a place where a person didn't necessarily choose to be. So you mm. have to you have to understand that in those spaces of um being sheltered, there's a possibility that this is just a inhabitants that mm. a person really didn't decide for themselves. And um our circumstances will have us to believe that we just gotta deal with each other whether we want to or not. Um, I try to practice being understanding to not only my own peace, but another person's peace. Like I know when I'm being an asshole and I just need to leave the room so that her energy isn't, you know, necessarily affected because I know that the two energies being affected, makes this whole thing worse. Like, Mm -hmm. um, we didn't, we didn't ask to be in these situations. So. Um, we have to be very intentional on parting, pardoning a lot of the things that may just be a little annoying because we're just not used to being in these spaces together for so long every day of the week. Like we have to be um, more considerate of how we love each other from a distance, like, you know, mm-hmm. sharing rooms and exiting rooms and making sure that we maintain a certain level of understanding of the other person that's going through the same exact thing as you. So Mm -hmm. that's another level of shelter that I tend to learn from because I can think back to Mm -hmm. childhood, like that sheltering that I got as a kid. I didn't ask for that, you know? Mm -hmm. So the way in which we deal with, you know, situations that we didn't ask for, like you can apply those same lessons and potentially save yourself from a lot of the turmoil that you experience while dealing with all of the stuff that's going on in the world. So right. um, it's always, it's always best to be considerate of self and other people in terms right. of emotional, you know, stability, because everybody is affected when one person is not okay. You know? Right, 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 and, right. Uh, whether we want to admit <laughs> that or not, you know? That's true. So that being said, I feel like, uh, you know, that wraps up, our conversation, uh, this episode, Sheltered in Place, and just want to ask the people, you know, are you stuck or are you secured? You tell me. Mm. Mm. So that's, that that's is a it. conversation in the cell. <laughs> Thank you, BJ. Would you like to tell the people how to reach you? Uh, if you guys just so happen to um, have heard anything that you agree or disagree with, feel free to um, interact and converse with me at DergoBJ on Twitter. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. Um, hit me up on Instagram at The Subject Change. 
Um, I have an email. It's changed, subject, C-H-A-N-G-E-D, subject, at gmail.com. And I also have a hotline. That is 313-652-0220. You can feel free to leave me a message, a text message, show suggestions, topics, um, criticisms, whatever you have for me. I'm, I'm definitely an interactive and very talkative person on social media when it comes to the show. So um, those options are available to reach me and hit me up. All right. And that will wrap up the show, guys. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Share our fears and solve them all. Yeah. I wanna know about work and your crazy boss. I'll help you find your missing sock if you just talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah, if you just.